everyone, and welcome to the Tifton Talks podcast. This is episode number eight. In this episode, I have the honor of speaking with Brandon Gandy, an active member of our Tifton Talks Facebook group, but also an Uber driver, a Lyft driver, and now an entrepreneur with a new company he has started called Ride Local. Ride Local is a ride-sharing company in the vein of Uber and Lyft, but with various differences. One difference is the cost of the ride for the customer will be lower and the money the driver makes will be more equitable. But enough of me trying to explain it to you. How about we let Brandon give us all the details? Well, hello, everyone, and thank you. We have today with us Brandon Gandy, who is a member of the Tifton Talks Facebook group, and he is doing something interesting, I think, for the community. So first off, Brandon, let everybody know who you are, what what your background is, and then we'll get into what it is that you are actually going to be doing for this community. Okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, Brandon is my name. Um I was born, raised here pretty much. I moved away for a little while, but, you know, I've since come back. My family's been here, you know, all my life. Um, Went to H Street, went to (laughs) Matt Wilson, went to, you know, I didn't graduate from Tiff County High, though. That's that's the point where we moved away. Um, But I would have graduated in 05. I did come back and I went to ABAC for a while. um, And I I focused in uh, web design, which I don't even know if they still have that anymore. (laughs) Um. I, I didn't finish, but I learned enough to know how to use WordPress, basically. Um, and for a while, I did. Uh, I had Tifton Web Design going here for, for quite some years, actually. Um, oh, that was you. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think Tifton knew what the internet was at that time. So <laughs> it didn't do very well. Um, and I, I sort of went from, I pivoted from that to driving Uber and Lyft, doing DoorDash, and I traveled around with it for a while. Um, I started that in 2019, and uh, I was, you know, I, I toured all of Florida, unfortunately, um, all of Georgia, Tennessee. I made it all the way out to Oklahoma, uh, and then. Now, this was doing the Uber thing. Yeah, doing Uber and Lyft and DoorDash. Um, It varies from state to state and city to city what they allow you to do. So Mm -hmm. it just depends. It depended on what what I was able to do Um, because each city and state has different rules and regulations for that stuff. So some cities I could do Uber and Lyft. Some I could just do Lyft. Others I could only do DoorDash. But. Yeah, that's, and then uh, after wild. after the pandemic, yeah, it's crazy. They're they're so scattered and and they have all this stuff going on. But uh, after the pandemic happened, I kind of I had to come back because everything shut down and traveling was pretty much done. And I focused mainly in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, for I'd say the past three or four years, and uh, lived here. So I've been going back and forth, back and forth, which sucks. <laughs> 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 three hour drive give or take two and a half um and yeah so finally i was like you know what maybe it's time to try tifton out again the tifton area and see you know what's going on with it and so for the past couple of months i've been bouncing around here um just locally and yeah, i think we're caught up on all that so i know you you posted you you had this uh novella earlier, <laughs> and, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, where you were talking about uh, how difficult it is to make a living with Uber here in Tifton. Yeah. And I guess at some point, I don't know exactly when, but maybe you do, we did have something called Grab a Cab, I guess, but they went out of business. 
Is that what it was called? It was a cab service, right? Yeah, it was over, uh, I think, off of 8th Street, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, going towards Fair Lake Road, that area. Yeah. Um, I think it was 8th Street. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, and I, I don't know the full details. Um, one of the members of the group chimed in on that uh, and said that, I'm, you know what, I'm not even going to assume. I'm just going to say I heard that um, the daughter of the owner was murdered and then she sort of the the mother also has passed away since but um essentially they shut down business because of i guess it was dangerous okay so what we're saying is that's that's the rumor we we really don't know that for sure exactly that's the rumor i'm not entirely sure of the details of what happened that is just what i've heard okay but so. we can say that it was shut down it's no longer a service here in tifton yeah, it is no longer in service. I think the only thing left here is Tiff Lift yeah. and a couple of the non-medical transport companies, and that's it, though. All right. Well, I got curious yesterday after you <clears throat> you posted what you did about this new service that you're bringing to the area, and I looked up some Uber income stats, and you can tell me if they're anywhere close to being what you think is accurate or not. And, of course, Tifton's mm-hmm. not listed. Because it's not right. it's not big enough, so uh, this is actually from salary uh, salary dot com. So take that with a grain of salt, you know, whatever. Right. How much faith you want to put into it? So it says the medium median income for Valdosta is thirty four thousand five hundred and two dollars if you work for Uber. Now you've done some Valdosta drives, right? Have, I've done Valdosta, Albany, um, all of I, I've hit all the big ones: Macon, Columbus, um, Waycross. Yeah, okay. I, I've got plenty of data from all those areas. Okay, well, so Valdosta is thirty four five zero two, Savannah's thirty six two zero two, Macon is thirty five eight zero two, and Columbus is thirty five one zero two. So they're pretty much hitting around the thirty five thousand median mark. Do you feel like if you were, and I don't know how many drives per day that is. There's other statistics that say basically the hourly is anywhere between fifteen and twenty two dollars an hour. And that you potentially could make five hundred dollars a day, but you'd have to be driving for like ten hours, and I'm presuming you'd have to be somewhere other than Tifton, Fitzgerald, Osceola, Douglas, places like right. that. Okay, so I'll I'll just say this about the five hundred dollar a day thing. Um, the most money that I have ever made in a single day was Atlanta on New Year's Eve of 2020 and I made $350. And that's in Atlanta. That was, that's in Atlanta on New Year's Eve with, uh, they have a thing called surge pricing, which yeah. is where they jack up the rates when the demand is super high. Um, something that I'm not gonna have, by the way. And so they were adding, you know, up to $40 per ride to the rides. okay? Mm-hmm. So I've never made $500 in a single day. Maybe somewhere like, LA or New York or Chicago, like the major, major cities, maybe, but Atlanta, Atlanta is a major market. Yeah. I mean, the Atlanta area, if you look at metropolitan statistics has over 6 million people. So that's nothing to, you know, laugh about. That's a major market. And even there on New Year's Eve, pre-COVID, I, yeah, the most I've made is 350 for the, for the day. And that was working probably at eight, 
eight hour shifts if I remember. Mm-hmm. That's typically that's typically the shifts that I work eight hours. Um, they don't allow you to work more than twelve hours at a time. That's that's a DOT law. So um, at once you hit the twelve hour mark, it automatically logs you off for six hours. I got gotcha. you. Almost like a union. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 the same uh, DOT limits that like semi truck drivers have. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, we just don't have to do logs or anything. But um, as to the salary.com stuff, that the $15 to $22 an hour sounds accurate, but you have to think about what they're actually saying here. That is going to be gross pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Uber, Lyft, none of them cover gas. They don't cover insurance. They don't cover maintenance, any of that. Right. Uh, if, you, if you even go so far as to calculate your depreciation on your vehicle, uh, last year I put forty eight thousand miles on my vehicle mm. in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my, and that was my previous vehicle. I just bought a new vehicle. Um, and I expect the same thing on this one. I've had. I'm about to make my first payment on the eight, and I've already put over ten thousand miles on it. Now, is that so, is that driving for Uber, or is that driving for this new service that you just? No, that's driving for Uber. Okay. Um, and that wasn't around here. Some of it was. Um, I've done. I've done quite a bit of Ubering around here. So Tipton is funny because um, there are some days when not a single ride will pop up. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't get anything. And then there are other days, uh, like uh, the day before yesterday. Um, I made almost 150 bucks in six hours. You know, from I took I took some people to Albany, it came back, you know, just rides around town. And, um, you know, so it's, it's very hit or miss. That was Thursday night that I did that. Um, so my mom likes to say it's, it's like waitressing. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Tifton is hard because it's so unpredictable and, and it's it's so random, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense, I guess. I mean, that I... Several years back, I don't know how long ago, um, I actually looked at potentially uh, supplementing my income with with Uber, and I and I I went through the whole paperwork process. I guess I guess what stopped me is when it was like, well, you got to take your vehicle and you've got to have it certified by a certified shop of some sort to make sure that it's roadworthy, it's safe, and all of that kind of stuff. And you had to pay for that, as far as I can remember. You you had to pay for that certification. I don't yep. know. I don't know if it's a certification or not, but it's like a safety check or what have you. And, yeah, and honestly, most most dealerships will do that safety check for you for free. Okay. Yeah. Well, and one of my clients, because I am an IT consultant, one of my clients is a large uh, car dealership here in Tifton. I won't say who, but yeah, um, I probably could have gotten that done with them, but then. I had the I had the thought I was like how much work would I actually get how much demand and I'm talking literally four probably five years ago whenever I was looking at this so yeah I'm gonna tell you now four or five years ago you wouldn't have gotten anything yeah I kind of figured that so it it was one of those you know you're always looking at what what can you do for a side hustle what can you make a little bit of extra money and and what have you and I was like well you know the nature of my business is I'm not in an office eight hours a day. I don't have to be tied to a, you know, a, a specific location. Most of my clients actually text me when they have a problem, and right. uh, you know, as long as I can get to a computer, I can usually help them. I do a lot of my my work remotely, 
Yeah, that's and, exactly how I just kept in web design. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, but I was like, yeah, probably not. It was either that or real estate, and I didn't either. So <laughs> <laughs> probably a good thing right now. <laughs> uh, y- y- yeah, you know, after I talked to Ron at Century Twenty One, you know, a couple episodes back, and the way the way the housing market is. Well, not just that they they've started this whole legislation process about the. Uh, oh yeah, the commissions. Closing. Yeah, the closing fees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I did not know, and I know we're getting off track here, but the yeah. United States is actually unique in the fact that we pay that roughly 6% commission. Other countries don't do that. That's like no. the whole tipping thing. Don't even get me started there. You know, that's for another show. <laughs> that is another show. I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty passionate about the tipping thing because Uber is a tipping uh, service, and people don't seem to know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the argument can be made, oh, the company should pay you what you're worth. And I agree with that. But the reality is they don't. Yeah. And a lot of companies and a lot of companies don't. So but I mean, I'm also on the other side of that argument where, you know, if I go to Subway, and Subway's paying their employees, you know, 10, 11, $12 an hour, I'm not tipping. I'm sorry. I I know the place I don't know if Subway has started doing this, but you see constantly uh, where the screen where you go to pay and it's like, would you like to leave a tip? And I'm like, a tip yeah. for what? You handed me the Subway sandwich. Yeah, no, Subway I am not doing it. that. No, uh-uh. <laughs> I will. I will try to always tip twenty percent if I'm in a sit down restaurant where where the um the the waitress or waiter you know is 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 providing a service. I do. Right. I do want the tips to be split with them and the cook. Um. And some places do that and some places don't. You just never know who does. Right. But, um, yeah, and and that's to, to, to bring it back to ride sharing and Uber. Yeah, I, I can see that it is a tipping business. Do you do you have a sense of all the time that you've you've done this type of work? What is on average would be the cost of a ride? Let's say from and if you if you don't want to give me specifics, that's fine, because I don't I don't want you to. Any trade secrets actually, or anything like that? No, no, no. I was actually. You mean the cost of a ride for a passenger? Well, yeah. Okay. So I actually, I'm ready with an example, a specific example. Okay. Um, from Thursday, actually. So Thursday, um, I picked up these two truck drivers at a uh, Lone Mountain Truck Servicing. It's it's over on Southwell in the mm-hmm. industrial part. Um. I took them from there to the Atlanta or the Atlanta, the Albany airport. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, along the ride, you know, you talk to people, Uber and Lyft no longer show the driver how much the passenger paid for the ride. They are, they no longer have that transparency. And it's because their argument is don't worry about what we're charging the passengers. This is what we're paying you. Right. Period. Okay. Um, and it's unrelated to what we're charging the passengers because in this area specifically, it's a set rate card for them. Mm-hmm. But in larger markets and larger cities, it's uh, an algorithm-based upfront pay system. So basically, that algorithm um, determines instantly how much this ri- how much this specific passenger is willing to pay to go this distance, and then it matches with a driver that typically accepts rides for X amount of money for that distance. So that it's it's like a big obscure algorithm that they're that's proprietary that they don't like to talk about. But essentially what the passenger pays is completely disconnected from what 
the driver is paid. Um, it's also reverse on the transparency. The passenger has no clue what the driver is being paid out of what they're earning. So that, that part that, I can kind of understand. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually would appreciate it if the passengers were aware of what their driver is being paid hmm. because I feel like they might be more apt to tip a little better. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that too. You know, and But see, Uber and Lyft would never do that because back to my example of the two guys going to Albany, um, that's about a 48-ish mile trip, right? Mm-hmm. It takes about, you know, a little less than an hour. Okay. They paid $98 for that trip. And that was on a no surge, wasn't busy kind of, it was a middle of the day kind of thing. Right. right. So that and, was, and they told, day. they told you this because that's the yes, only way they, you would know. Okay. Exactly. They volunteered this information to me and actually held the phone up and showed me. Okay. So it wasn't just them talking at the end of the ride. When I dropped them off, and I ended it because that's the only time you know what you're going to be paid in this area. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't show you that up front. Um, I was paid forty-eight dollars out of that ninety-eight dollars. So that means the company took over half, give or take, yeah, of the fare. Wow. And so when I showed them the forty-eight dollar pay, they their first reaction was hell no. Nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, that, that's just, that's the words they said. They, you know, they were surprised and they were a little bit upset about it. And, um, so then they added a $20 tip to the ride. So I actually ended up making 68, which I feel is fair. Yeah. You know, and Uber doesn't take anything from the tips. So they say. So, yeah, I, I, that's the reason why I was asking, because I remember there's been some brouhaha over were they taking percentages out of the tips as as well. They actually just had to pay a $290 million settlement to New York City-based drivers for mm-hmm. that reason. They were skimming off of the ride, yep. tips included. You know, it's amazing that they would take half <clears throat> considering... Um, they're basically a technology company. You know, I, there's a particular podcast that, uh, if you love tech podcasts, I, I highly recommend Grumpy Old Geeks. I've listened to them for years and years and years. They've been doing a podcast for about 12 years now. And one of the things that they, they, they used to rail hard against Uber. And the thing that they always hated and they always pointed out was Uber has no assets. Uber is nothing but an app. That's it. So why, if you are an app, are you taking 50% of your workers' income. It makes no sense. I'll tell you why. So there's multiple reasons. The first reason is because the CEO, Darwa Kashrashawi, or whatever his name is, his salary alone is $48 million last year. <laughs> Here we go. Not not counting not counting his stock options and all of that good stuff. Okay. And, and the, the question second, is the why? Second, exactly. The second reason is because they employ over 30,000 people worldwide in their coding and, and customer support and all that stuff. Not See, we're not talking about drivers because drivers are not employees. Correct. Drivers are independent contractors. Except in California, not, I think, or did that get reversed? I can't keep up with it. Still, they're still considered independent contractors in California, but California, it's called Prop 22. They passed a, uh, a law that sort of created a hybrid between employee and independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So for they're independent contractors, but they also receive like minimum wage protections and gotcha. uh, some benefits and things like that. But that's only in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's the other reason they're able to take over half is because we're not employees. They don't owe us anything. You know, it what we said you're going to get paid is what you got paid. You accepted the ride. You did the work. That's what you got paid. That's the end of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and there is a big push to fix that part of it because, you know, if I, your, your minimum ride, if say you say you book a ride on Uber and you're only going a mile up the road, okay that driver might be five miles away from you. So he has to drive five miles to pick you up, which he's not paid for, by the way. The rate calculation is only from the time the passenger gets in the car to the drop-off. Okay. So the miles and time driven on the way don't count. Um, so then I take you that mile, drop you off. I'm paid the minimum rate, which is three seventy five for that ride. $3.75. is the base pay for anything under, I think, four miles. Okay. You, you get just the base pay. So three seventy five to drive six miles basically. Um, after, after you calculate whatever, it depends on your car, of course, mm-hmm. but you calculate your gas and your mileage and your wear and tear and all that. You're not making minimum wage doing that. Right. Especially if that train is going through the middle of the distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're, you're literally losing money sitting there while the train yeah. is blocking the road. Yes, I get that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I say that because that happened to me the other day. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> um so yeah that's how they're able to get away with that because they're they have no one to answer to there's no rules or regulations except in certain states and cities that require them to do this or that and the other you know so there's 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 nothing that can really be done about what they do and it's like well take it or don't drive for us and so I'm still driving for them, but I'm also in the process of not. Okay, so that brings us to the whole point here, and, and I appreciate you taking the time to, because I've learned more than I knew about Uber, and I'm presuming it's probably very similar with Lyft as well. They um, copy each other. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think Uber was first, and then Lyft came out, because Lyft is the one that used to have the little pink mustache, pink mustache. Yeah, on yeah. the front of the cars. I, I, I guess they don't do that anymore. They don't do the mustache. Um, they used to have the little pink light too. Um, I'm, I actually started on Lyft and I, I picked up Uber a little bit later. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm still on both platforms. Okay. I drive for both. So. so what you've decided to do is create something basically as competition for them in this area, I guess. And you're calling it, uh, Ride Local Tifton. Yeah. So Ride Local, um, is, is the actual business name. Okay. Tifton is, you know, you have to tack that on because um, eventually my big picture plan is to have ride local in multiple small areas. Um, you know, whenever you whenever you develop something like this, you and even Uber and Lyft started in just San Francisco. Um, you know, you have to create a service area and, and you, you can't really say, oh, I'm going to give rides all over Georgia, you know, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, So I want to start with the Tifton area and then, you know, eventually Valdosta, Albany, you know, branch it out slowly but surely. Um, All over South Georgia, that's my goal. I I would love to, you know, have something like that going because I, coming from a driver's point of view, I know the ins and outs of it. And I also know what most drivers and riders don't like about Uber and Lyft. So I took that knowledge and I'm like, okay, well, what can I come up with that answers those issues? you know, or addresses those issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you go to 
ridelocaltifton.com. You'll you'll get this display that says cheaper than Uber and Lyft. Get a ride now or book one for later. Pay your driver directly at the beginning of the ride. Drivers earn 80% of all fares and 100% of tips. All drivers have been vetted and have passed a criminal background and DMV check. Drivers accept cash, cash app, Apple Pay, Google Pay, credit, debit. Support local drivers right here in Tifton. And then you got a little thing here. Due to limited driver availability, we are currently available seven days a week uh, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. If you need to ride outside of those hours, please schedule your ride at least 12 hours in advance. So this brings up a couple of questions for me. Okay. Number one, all drivers have been – well, let me back up before I ask that question. How many drivers do you currently have? Is it just you, or do you have other people that are part of this company? Okay, so we just—I just launched this two days ago. Whenever mm-hmm. I, whenever I posted it in the group, right. So right now, it's right now it's just me. Okay. Uh, since I launched, since I posted it in the group, um, I've had three people message me about being drivers. Okay. I've I've had about four or five people asking questions uh, from a customer point of view. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously the vetting and the the checking and all that kind of stuff is going to take some time. So right now it is just me. Um, eventually and very soon I do hope to have other drivers. Um, but that being said, um, I don't want to bring in more drivers without having the business to give them. Um, so there's there's a there's a common issue in a lot of markets with Uber and Lyft, uh, where it there's an oversaturation of drivers. Mm-hmm. Orlando, Orlando, Florida is a great example. Um, Orlando, you would think, is a very busy city. They have Disney World, blah blah blah. You know, Universal Studios. Sure. And it is a very, it is a very busy city. It's Florida's top tourist city of, you know, their number one tourism city. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're an Uber driver and you go to the Orlando International Airport and you enter the parking lot that is designated for Uber and Lyft and you get in line for a ride, at any given point, there are three to 400 drivers in front of you. Wow. And I'm sorry, but Orlando's not that busy. Wow. So how come, so, I guess this is a rhetorical question then, why does Uber allow that? That seems detrimental to their 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 bottom line as well. It actually isn't. It actually is really good for their bottom line because um, if they have an oversaturation of drivers, it means that every ride that is booked or or every ride that is is processed through their system is basically going to be answered immediately by a driver somewhere. So it's good so for the company, means- but not good for the for the drivers. Exactly. Exactly. It's great for the company because they don't have any passengers waiting around on rides. It's horrible for the drivers because the drivers are waiting around on rides. Gotcha. So one of the things that I want to do differently than they do is I want to pay close attention to the driver saturation in the market. I don't want to hire. Well, I say hire. It's, they're not going to be employees. They're they're just, you know, I don't want to bring in more drivers um, if the business is not there because then the drivers that are already there, myself right now, but anyone else, it's going to cause us to wait longer for rides. And we don't want that because if you're sitting around in your car, you're not making money. Right. You know? So it's going to be a delicate balancing act between not just sitting there, not sitting there, not making any money versus having enough drivers to service the demand. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not. It's not going to be that difficult because most drivers that I know, including myself, we do what's called multi-apping. So 
whenever I log on to work for the day, I turn on Lyft, Uber, um, Ride Local, and sometimes even DoorDash all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I basically let them sit there and compete with each other, and I'll take the best one that right. pops up. So most drivers that I know do that. Um, so, and I don't have any problem with drivers having Ride Local on as well as Uber and Lyft. I don't really care about that stuff because I, I mean I know how it is. Mm-hmm. If Ride Local, mm-hmm. if Ride Local is not busy and Uber is, make your money. That's that's my opinion. You know. So it's just it is going to be a delicate balance. It's going to be a slow growth thing as more people discover that I'm, you know, our, this platform is charging almost half of what Uber is. Yeah. I, I feel like they'll pull, I'll, I'll pull more riders to me and people will start phasing out the use of Uber and Lyft. And at that point, I'll also be able to pull the drivers from Uber and Lyft in the area because the drivers are going to be making way more money on those rides, even though those rides are being charged less. Right. Yeah. Because they're going to earn, as you say here on your page, of the fare and 100% of all the tips. In today's digital age, your online privacy is under constant threat. Hackers, data snoopers, and even your own internet service provider can track your every move, leaving your personal information exposed. But fear not. There's a powerful shield that can safeguard your digital life, and that is private internet access. Private Internet Access VPN is your ultimate privacy solution. With just a single click, you can encrypt your internet connection, making your online activities completely anonymous. Hackers will hit a dead end. Data snoops will see only encrypted gibberish. And even your ISP won't be able to track your every move. But that's not all. Private Internet Access VPN also allows you to virtually travel the world. Choose from their vast network of servers in different countries and experience the internet as if you were there. Whether you're streaming your favorite shows, accessing blocked websites, or simply safeguarding your sensitive information, PIA is your trusted companion. Don't compromise on your digital privacy any longer. Join the millions who've already taken control of their online experience with private internet access. Use the affiliate link at tiftontalks.com slash PIA and get 30 days free. That's tiftontalks.com slash PIA to unlock the power of online privacy today. Private internet access. Your privacy, your rules. Now, there's always going to be the question, and, and of course, I think this actually cropped up on the post about being secure. And you say here that they're going to be vetted, criminal background checks, DMV check, and all of that. And you and I talked about before we started recording, and, and you're okay with mentioning this. This app is driven, the backbone of it is actually a company that does this type of stuff worldwide. It's called uh, Ondi App. Ondi. Yeah, that's Ondi. Ondi. It's, uh, it's an, I think they're based in Nigeria. Um, it's an offshore company, um, but they have essentially a bunch of different white label versions mm-hmm. of Uber, of DoorDash, of you know, things like that. Um, and you essentially purchase the software and the technology um, and then you brand it on your own. Right. Uh, that was the easiest route for me to take because as you know, being in IT, hiring a developer mm-hmm. to build like this would be outrageously expensive. Yes. The hours and the time and, and all of that would be way beyond my means. 
So this was a, a quick, affordable way for me to have something that's usable. It's not perfect. I'm not completely happy with it. Um, but there are upgrades <laughs> that I can get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Eventually, eventually, it will get better with time. Um, as I'm able to add in more elements and, 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 you know, get the design looking a little better and things like that. Um, but as, as to safety, and I do know the comment you're talking about, someone commented, you better be packing the meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, luck, luckily here in, in the state of Georgia, you no longer have to even get a permit for concealed carry. So, yeah. Um, here's some things about that that are very interesting that I think a lot of people don't know. So in Uber and Lyft, terms of service um both drivers and riders are not allowed to carry firearms inside the vehicle okay there was actually a story a few years ago of there was an off-duty police officer driving uber in his off hours to make some little little extra money he was taking uh this very drunk girl home from a club and she was essentially passed out in the back seat and the jealous boyfriend wasn't aware that it was an Uber and ran the car off the road. And he got out of his truck and raised his arm as though he had a gun. And the off-duty police officer shot him three times and killed him. Florida deemed that as a justifiable homicide. Well, I mean, it is Florida. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Well, the whole thing the whole thing was caught on dash cam. The driver had a dash camera. Yeah. So yeah. there was evidence of everything. And, and you do see in the video the guy raising his arm as though he had a gun. It was actually a cell phone mm. in his hand, but he raised it as though he had a gun, and the driver shot him. Florida deemed it as a justifiable homicide. Homicide. Uber banned him as a driver from the platform for having a firearm. Right. Well, so, out of out of those two, just as a side note, I th- I think I would be okay with being banned from Uber and not being put in jail for what is considered a justified shooting because you. I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and not to get too far in the weeds, but that that is what they they have to deal with in all 50 states. And, you know, we we got bad apples in in the police force, just like we have in anything else. And that's not a commentary on anything. I'm just saying you never know. I don't want to be put in that position. That's the reason why I'm not a cop. (laughs) I I completely agree with what the cop did. Yeah, me, too. He there was nothing wrong with what he did. He was protecting himself and his passenger. The idiot that ran him off the road should have never done that. I mean, and you, you make decisions that at the end of the day could cost you your life, and that's what happened. Um, what I don't agree with was Uber's reaction. Yeah, because of their terms of service, he now no longer can use that as an extra income because he was justifiably protecting himself and his passenger. Um, that's a tough one. It, it is. I mean, if they have a terms a of ser- service and you violate it, I mean, at what point do we say there's there's no repercussions for violating the terms of service? I mean, the whole situation is just terrible. Well, here's the thing about that, though. If you if you report a passenger for having a firearm, um, they they send an email saying, hey, thanks for your report. We'll look into this. And that's the last you ever hear about it. Yeah, the passenger doesn't get banned. No, no, there are no rules. There are no repercussions for passengers other than sometimes you can get cleaning fees mm-hmm. charged, you know, if they spill something in your car or something like that. Right. But as far as you know, they're very customers always right sort of thing, um, which I don't really agree with, because if you if you think about it just from a statistical numbers point of view, me as a driver, if I'm working an eight hour shift and it's busy, I will encounter anywhere from 
10 to 20 strangers getting in my car in that eight hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. You as a passenger, you might take one to two Ubers a day if, you know, if, if you're using it as a, a main means of transportation. Right. So you only encounter one or two strangers a day. Mm-hmm. So just, just from the numbers alone, I am way more at risk for violence and for safety issues than a passenger is. Um, I agree. But Uber and Lyft don't really acknowledge that. So well, I, I put on there all drivers have been vetted and passed criminal background check and DMV check, and they will. They do. Um, I have. Obviously, I'm on Uber because right. Uber and Lyft require that too. Well, that's the question I wanted to ask. Who's doing that? Is that something that this this company can is doing for you, or is this something you're going to have to do? No. So I am going to be running this slightly differently than Uber does because Uber has uh, this sort of way of calling us independent contractors, but then treating us like employees. I want the drivers to be true independent contractors, mm-hmm. which means which means if you're a driver for Ride Local, you are entirely self-employed. This is your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means for any sort of background or criminal checks or anything like that, you need to go get that and upload it to Ride Local. Gotcha. You can go to the to Tipton Police Station and get a criminal history report for five bucks. Most of the time, they give it to you for free if it's for any sort of employment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do the same thing with the DMV. You go to the DMV, you get a report printed out. There you go. I don't know how much that one costs, but it's probably not that much. And then you upload that to the system. Um, because in my opinion, if you're a general contractor, why do I have to pay for your criminal history stuff. This is your business. That makes sense. And I completely, yeah. I completely agree with that. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a one person LLC. I am my business and I have to pay for everything. Exactly. You know, exactly. So. Um, you know, you, you pay for that, you pay for your gas, you pay for your maintenance, all that. Like it's all on you. That's why you're getting 80%, you know what I'm saying? As a driver for ride local. That does. Okay. So that, that brought up another question. Doesn't Uber offer some type of additional insurance to cover your your vehicle that you can pay for, or is that, or am I misremembering something? No, no. So the way the insurancing works on Uber, um, it's broken down into three phases as far as as insurance companies concerned. Phase one is where you're not online, you don't have passengers. You're just in your car as you, it's private. All right. In phase one, your own private insurance is covering your vehicle. Okay. All right. Phase two is where you turn on the app and you're waiting on rides or you've been assigned a ride and you're on the way to get them. All right. At that point, it's sort of a bridge between your private insurance and Uber's insurance, but you have to carry what's called a ride share endorsement on your insurance. Okay. And not all not all insurance companies have it. I know Progressive doesn't do it anymore. Geico does. Um, but it's essentially something that you have to add to your private insurance to let your insurance company know, okay, there are times when I use my car for commercial re- commercial purposes. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in an accident or something happens and you don't have that endorsement and Uber or Lyft refuse to pay out, your private insurance is also not going to pay out. Right. Because you were using you were using your car for commercial purposes. All right. So then in phase three is when the passenger actually enters the vehicle and you're doing the ride. At that point it is completely on Uber's general liability insurance. 
But here's the catch with that. It's just generally general liability insurance mm-hmm. policy, not specifically auto coverage or anything like that. So what would have to happen is the passenger and you would have to sue Uber to get any sort of payout for anything. Right. So mm, it's nice. not. It's not as pretty as it seems, and you're not as protected as you think you are when it comes to that. So the way that I'm going to address that is, again, you're a general contractor or independent contractor. Mm -hmm. Insurancing is on you. Yeah. If you choose to drive your car and use it for commercial purposes without proper coverage, that is a a decision that your business is going to have to make because the the passengers are not paying Ride Local for the ride. Mm-hmm. They're paying drivers directly. So Ride Local is our our customers are the drivers. The drivers pay us. I got you. The, the passengers pay the drivers. So in essence, if you want to drive for Ride Local, you could you could spin up your own LLC for a, an extra little uh, protection. I encourage I encourage drivers to yeah. do that. Yeah, I I would too. I would too, because I mean, like with my, my LLC, I, I pay quarterly for, uh, a business liability insurance. If I fry somebody's computer or what have you like that, then I'm, I'm covered with that type Mm -hmm. of stuff. And you don't necessarily have to have full on commercial auto coverage to do this. Mm -hmm. You only, you only need that ride share endorsement added to your private insurance because what that, what that does from, from what my insurance agent explained to me is it's an elevated full coverage policy. So essentially your coverages go up to like 150,000 instead of, instead of just the hundred thousand that you would get with full coverage. And it allows them to pay out during the commercial usage. Gotcha. Um, so you don't necessarily have to go full commercial auto. Um, the rideshare endorsement is sufficient. So what you what you were saying though is you have to. Not all auto insurance companies have that ridesharing or rider or endorsement. No, yeah, it's called rideshare endorsement, and I know Progressive no longer does it. They used to. Um, Geico does, and there are even some private like other insurance companies that are specifically designed for that endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have progressive, for example, for your normal coverage, and then you could go with the other insurance company for, for the, the ride. Yeah, yeah. 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 My, I'm, um, I'm with farm bureau for everything and I have no idea what they do when it comes to that, but I'm not planning on being one of your drivers either. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I've also checked with State Farm. I don't think they do it either. Um, and that's actually one of the questions that, that uh, ins- insurance company will ask you when you're first buying insurance. Do you use your vehicle for rideshare or food delivery? Mm-hmm. And if you say yes and they don't offer that endorsement, they're immediately like, well, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get insurance <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you'll just, you just have to check with the insurance companies and, and all that. But I mean, back to, to the whole, like Uber covers that they do, but they really don't, mm-hmm. you know, they just have the general liability business coverage for themselves if they get sued. Right. Um, so, you know, if you get in an accident, it will require you to hire an attorney mm-hmm. and then you have to go through all this rigmarole. They have a army of attorneys, so you're going to be tied up in court for years. You also have to sue them in California. You can't sue them here because they're based in California. 
So you've got and to you, hire an attorney in California probably to sue them. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's this whole this whole thing um, because you just, you know. Yeah. No, I get that's it. How that's how they protect themselves that's as a, a company. Yep. <laughs> just because they're an app company. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's try to wind down here real quick because we've been going okay. close to an hour, but this yeah. has all been very informative for me and hoping, hopefully it will be for the listeners as well because, again, I've learned a lot. Drivers accept cash, cash app, Apple Pay, Google Pay, credit, and debit. Um, I think it's interesting that you know you notate cash. What What is this cash you speak of? You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking because we are basically in a cashless society now. Right, right. But um, so booking when you book something, you book it through like if I'm I'm I need a uh, I need a ride. Yeah. So I click book a ride. It's this is all web based. Yeah. So how does the payment part of it work? If if I'm paying through like Cash App or Apple Pay, Google. So, right. So basically, just to walk you through the ride. So you go you go to the website, you click the book a ride button, and then you. You know, you put in your uh, pickup, your destination, you verify your phone number mm -hmm. um, with just a code. And the only reason that you have to do that is in case the driver needs to contact you, you know. Right. Um, and then you put in your name and that's, that's it. And it'll tell you at the bottom how much the ride is going to be. And you, you hit book ride. All right. Once the driver arrives, you get in the car, you verify, you know, your who your driver is because the app will still tell you it'll show the picture of the driver. It'll have their car, their license plate number, all that good stuff. So you're able to verify the car mm -hmm. to make sure that it's your driver. Um, and, of course, they'll have the name that you put in as well. Um, once you enter the car, the driver will already know how much the ride is. You pay the driver right then before the ride starts. Um, and you can pay the driver with cash. The driver will have a cash app that you can use. Um, and then Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Credit Debit, um, all that's processed through Square. Okay, so I guess what I'm trying to nail down because I'm I'm a stickler for the process. Yep. If it's because I do have cash out on my phone, mm -hmm. so do I have to do I have to ask the driver for any information to be able to pay him, or is it something that's automatically going to pop up on my phone? It's not going to pop up on your phone. There's because remember you don't pay ride local; you pay the driver. Right. If so if you were to pay through the phones or the app or anything, you would be paying ride local. Um, so I have to say, hey, so, you, you know, what? how do you want to be paid? And, and they say cash app. and Or I say, I've got cash app. Do you have? Because I'm pretty sure they're all going to be, I guess you want them to be able to take all of these forms. The So my my idea for that part of it is uh, there will there will be signs hanging off of the back of the front seat. Okay. With like the cash app QR code. Okay. So if. You, you know, the, you'll get in the car, you'll, you know, the, the driver will greet you and the driver will say, hey, okay, so your ride is $8.25 today. How would you like to pay for that? Mm -hmm. And, oh, I'm going to do cash app. Okay, well, the QR code's on the back of the seat. So, okay, there you go. And Or you could say, here's cash, keep the change. <laughs> uh, or, you you know, I, I want to pay with Apple Pay, Google Pay, my credit or debit card. Um, so that's the credit and debit card is going to have to be the tap the tap kind yeah um because square uses if you have an iphone square allows you to just use your iphone as a terminal yeah because it has nfc built in exactly so you just tap your phone or your card on the top of the driver's phone the payment's done you get a receipt etc and you're good to go so in other words drivers if you don't currently have an iphone you probably should get an iphone <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there Square does have other means for Android users. You know, you can get the little swipe tags, yeah. and I've got have, the like, old ones. Tags. I've got the old ones yeah. that actually use the audio jack. Yeah, and uh, they but, also came out with a Square one that allows you to tap. Yeah, um, yeah, which they don't give you for free. The old ones for no. the audio jack, they would send to you for free. I have like two or three of those. I have one for PayPal. <laughs> But mm-hmm. the tap, they were like, no, nah, that's going to be 60 bucks. I'm like, yeah, nah, no, thanks. I don't need it. So, yeah. And I, I, I thought about trying to come up with a, a universal sort of way to do that. You know, maybe having just like a, a business Square account and issuing the drivers different, you know, if they need that, issue that to them and then I guess pay the driver out. It, you know, it was it was more complicated to mm-hmm. try and figure that part out than it was to just say, you know what, you're an independent contractor. These are the advertised modes of payment. You need to figure out how to accept those. Right. But you'll, you'll give them, you'll give them the options. Like you need to figure out how, but you can do the square. You can have an iPhone, you know, these things, you're not, you're not, you're not going to just leave them to their own devices. In other words, you're going to give them guidance. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have guidance. I mean, I'll be, you know, square is free to set up. It's not hard. You do have to pay for the hardware if, if you, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to pay for an iPhone. Um, but yeah, it's not difficult. And and PayPal, I the reason I didn't want to go with PayPal is PayPal has too much um, bad juju with it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely <laughs> completely understand. Yeah. I uh, I tried to for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I very rarely. The only reason why I use PayPal at all is I actually have a line of credit with PayPal. And so yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll I'll just put stuff on there and then pay it off in two or three months, um, you know, if I'm doing something for a client or what have you. But and the reason why I'm needling you at all of this is I want people to understand that you you have thought long and hard about this. You didn't just wake up last week and go, I'm gonna do rideshare for for you know Tiff County and the surrounding areas or what have you. That no, you know, if you could answer all my questions then I'm comfortable going, hey, I think this is something that, you know, would be beneficial for the area. Absolutely. And so far, you've not let me down. So, um, but again, you know, like you say, this is, this is new. You've just started this. Yep. So I personally, I hope it succeeds and uh, you can get some additional drivers and, more impor- importantly, it's about providing this service, which is now something that we don't seem to necessarily have other than, you know, you doing for Uber and Lyft. I don't know of is anybody else in town doing Uber and Lyft? Yeah, um, there's a couple of people that have messaged other drivers in the area that have messaged me uh, here and there. Um, and I've, you know, talked to some of the local passengers and, you know, they they're, they say that they've encountered maybe four or five different people um, doing it. But I feel like most of us, if we're having a slow day and we're behind on money, we're going to a bigger city, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make up the difference. So it's it's going to be it's really random and sporadic as far as who's here at any given time. You know that does that does bring up one more question. I'm just full of questions. <laughs> How are you going to advertise? How are you going to let other because people people understand Uber immediately? It's like yeah. I need I need to I, I need a drive. I need someone to take me from point A to point B. Immediately you think of Uber or Lyft. How are you going to get someone in Valdosta, for example? 
I know you say this is local right now, but if you if yeah. you got a slow day, you may need to go to Valdosta like you do with Uber or Lyft. How are you going to get Valdosta citizens to go, hey, this is another option? How are they going to know about it? Well, right now, um, if you're in Valdosta, it's not going to let you book a ride anyway because that's, that's out of the service area. Okay, okay. Um, so when I do open a service area in Valdosta, though, I would treat it the same way that I'm going to treat it here. So you'll have the signage in the car. And, you know, hanging off the back seat. I'm also uh, giving every Uber and Lyft passenger that I give a ride here to a business card with a QR code to to the the website. Um, and having someone in your car for any period of time is an ample opportunity to tell them verbally about this. You know, at the end of the day, most of the passengers that I talk to and I give rides to, their biggest concern is the cost. Mm-hmm. There is no company loyalty because, yeah. like you said, they all do the same thing, essentially. It's point A to point B, and, you know, you're done. So there, there's no specialness to any particular company where that's concerned. So it's, the only thing you can really compete on is price and service, you know, customer service. You know, you want to be a friendly driver. Um, so when I tell people, well, hey, you know, there's this other option in the area that is probably half the price of your ride, mm-hmm. you know, you might. You might want to try it out next time. Here's a business card. Right. That alone, that alone, I think, is going to be the most effective marketing ploy. Um, and if you know anything about marketing, you tell one person something, they like it, they're going to tell five other people. Yeah, I, I have found the same way in my business. I do not do cold calls because no. cold calls just don't work. Every client I've I've ever gained over the last I've been in this business since 2015, um, has been word of mouth recommendations yeah. and, and, uh, and I like that better. It's organic marketing, you know? Yeah. So, um, I think that'll work really well for you. Um, hopefully in the future. All right. Well, I think I have, uh, I think I've exhausted all of my questions, um, about <laughs> this new service. Now, what's the best way, if anybody's got questions mm-hmm. that we didn't answer, or maybe they want to be a driver, they're interested, or maybe they want to be a passenger. How is the best way for them to get in touch with you right now? So I'm still in the process of creating all the social media accounts for the for the business. Um, like I said, it's only been two days. The best way to get in touch right now is to just email support at ridelocaltifton.com. Okay. Um, so that is support at ridelocaltifton.com. Yep. Okay. And I'll get that email and I'll respond um, to any questions anyone has. Um, as far as new drivers, um, you're welcome to email and, you know, let me know that you're interested and I'll, I'll definitely save your contact information. Um, but I need to build uh, the driver portal essentially into the website mm-hmm. so that there's, you know, an application process and, and an account feature and all that. I've yet to get to do that. Um, so once that's in place, then I can start taking, you know, applications for new drivers. Um, I will say this about the new drivers. When I do start accepting new drivers, um, your vehicle will need to be inspected in person by me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I've heard too many horror stories from passengers of people being picked up in, you know, 2009 Toyota Corollas with no bumpers. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just not going to fly. I am going to have some pretty strict standards when it comes to the cars and cleanliness and things like that, because 
that's just one of my pet peeves. I, there's no reason you should be giving strangers rides in a car that's full of trash. Just don't require a uh, a new Cybertruck, please, because, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> $61,000 so to start off, and it, it, it is ugly as sin. I don't understand, no. but. No. Oh, uh, well, that's that's good. Uh, so you're taking rides today, right? If if uh, someone uh, needs a ride, yeah. As soon as I I get off here, it's, it's all going online um, again. And it, like, here's here's the thing: if you ever try to book a ride through it, and it just it stays stuck in like the searching for a driver mode, cancel it and go in and pre-book it, like pre-schedule it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can you hit the little toggle switch that says pre-order, and then beside that will pop up something that you can you know choose the date and time um and what that does when you book it that way whether the drivers are online or offline it still pings the phone okay um whereas if you try to do an on-demand ride right now right then it's not going to ping if if there are no drivers online it's just going to stay searching 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 gotcha okay well that's good to know that's good to know because you can't be on call 24 7 no Really can't, um, and it'll be easier once I get some more drivers going. You know, there will be different people work at different times. But like I said, they're not employees, so I can't tell them when to work. They're going to work when they want to. Right. You know, so. Well, that's that sounds great. Anything else you want to share before we get off here? Like I said, we've I think we've we've dug deep into all yeah. of this, and uh, and that's what I wanted. Whenever I saw you post this, and and I was like. Yeah, this is something I think we need. So I really wanted to talk to you about it. So anything anything else you want to touch on that we didn't? No, not that I can think of. I think we've pretty much covered all the bases that we have right now. Um, it's just it's going to grow with time and get better with time. That's all I, all I can say. I'm I'm committed to it. I mean, like I said, it's been a, a year in the making and I'm not going to just, oh, this isn't working. Scrap it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing everybody needs to understand. You You didn't just, like I say wake up last week and go, I'm going to do this. You've been working on yeah. it for, for quite a while and you've got the experience of working with Uber and Lyft and you know you know the dirty ins and outs of that. So uh, yeah. I think it gives you a unique perspective to start something like this. So I'm not sure I'll ever need it, but I know there are folks out there that will. And you never know. I, you never know. I picked up people on the side of 75 broken down with flat tires you never know hey don't you know what i'll just call you i'll be like brandon come get me (laughs) absolutely just don't do it after 10 p.m obviously (laughs) hey man i'm old i go to bed at 9 30 now so there you go but i'm up every morning at five so you know i guess it it balances out all right well uh again i appreciate it uh this has been a conversation with Brandon Gandy. Uh, he has started this new service uh, called Ride Local, and you can go to www.ridelocaltifton.com if you need to book a ride. And uh, it's going to be cheaper than Uber and Lyft, and he's going to, you know, the drivers actually get more money. So I encourage you, if you need a ride, to check it out. So. Brandon, it's been a pleasure. You've been an active member in the Tifton Talks Facebook group, but this is the first time you and I have actually spoken. So it's a pleasure meeting you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the weekend. You too. Stay dry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a wet one.
Again, I want to thank Brandon for taking the time to discuss his experience of the ins and outs of Uber, Lyft, as well as his new venture, Ride Local. As he stated in the interview, if you'd like more information about being a driver for Ride Local, email support at ridelocaltifton.com. If you need to book a ride, then visit www.ridelocaltifton.com on your phone, your laptop, or your desktop computer. I'm Donovan Adkisson, and this has been the Tifton Talks Podcast. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.